Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you. It's Sunday, November 9th, 2014. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm so happy to have four of my five sisters on the air. We welcome from Bend, Oregon, Monica Dolan. Monica? How are you? Hey, hi guys. It's good to talk to you. Yes, that's great. Wonderful weekend over here in bed. Beautiful. Excellent. All right, Liz joining us from Santa Monica, California. Liz, is it grueling? Is it a grueling 80 degrees and sunny there in, in Santa Monica? <laughs> it was yesterday, Liam. This relentless, perfect weather. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do about it. Though this morning, that thick fog rolled in. And I always enjoy those mornings where it's like you wake up and you go out to walk the dog and it's super foggy. Very mysterious. <laughs> and Julie is in Dallas, Texas. Jewel, I feel like I talk to you all the time, but it's still special to talk it to is- you. It is, Leanne, and guess what? We're Ebola-free now here in Dallas, so come on and visit us, okay? <laughs> All right, we'll talk after the show. All right, we, we've managed to put together a full show for everyone. We have news from the headlines, news from North Korea, news from the election, and then we have some more personal stories. People were out and about this weekend doing things, hearing authors, seeing plays, watching movies, so we're going to report back on that. And then uh, we have some entertainment tidbits, and Monica's bringing a who's bright idea was that story to satellite sisters but first monica it's your big birthday tomorrow so uh, or it's a birthday tomorrow it is but it's, it, it it's is your birthday big one because it's some double digits so yeah to say five. Well, this is your birthday party from your sister yeah so happy, birthday, happy birthday thanks it's wonderful you know i came over to ben this weekend and i'll start with the bad news first i had the cat sitter come feed my cat while I was away. And yesterday morning, she sent me an email accompanied with a picture. And it said, when I got here this morning, your back door was wide open. Oh, wow. (gasps) Yeah. She said, but everything seems to be fine. And the cat is fine. I was like, well, I'm sure she's fine. So I'm sure she slept inside (laughs) on my bed. So that was kind of scary. It was just, I was in such a rush Friday to, get things in the car and get off to work. I, you know, I, I just unlocked the back door and I forgot to lock it. So I think the wind just blew it open. So everything's good. Um, but last night I went out for a wonderful family dinner uh, with, you know, our brother Dick lives here, Susan, and special appearances by my niece and nephew, Leo and Fiona. They're usually busy with their friends, but uh, we all, we had a wonderful dinner. We went to that restaurant, Jewels. Which is, uh, they describe it as Lebanese meets the Wild West. Oh, yeah, that place. Yeah. I have no idea what that could possibly mean, Monica. Well, I'll tell you what it means it means hummus and venison. Thomas and Edison together. The food is excellent. We had a wonderful dinner. It was really, really a fun sort of birthday celebration. 
Wonderful. That's great. Well, happy birthday. Okay. I'm glad they could be there for you in person because we can't be. I'll have to ask the question Sheila would ask. Are you doing anything special for your birthday, Monica? Other than that, are you doing something for yourself? No, I'm not. That was it. Hummus and medicine. All right. Well, Monica, I have a fantastic idea. Might I suggest uh, an audiobook for your birthday? Maybe I'll send you one because you can do that. We just want to take when I'm driving over here. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here's the I want to suggest one for you. Maybe I'll even send it to you. We want to thank Audible for supporting Satellite Sisters. Yeah, I think I can send her one on my free credit. Uh, yes. I want to thank Audible for supporting Satellite Sisters. You know, if you haven't tried Audible yet, you are really going to enjoy it. I am surprised once I let audiobooks into my life, how fantastic a part of my life they have become. They really get me through. I've learned a lot. And if you go now, you can download one free Audible book and a 30-day trial at our special URL. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. You get one free download, a 30-day trial, and I think you're going to enjoy it. And Monica, I have been listening to Amy Poehler's book, Yes, Please. Oh, it is so funny. It's perfect for you because she's so funny. You know, she's was on SNL and now she's the creator and star of Parks and Recreation, but she's just written a really funny book of essays. She calls it like a light memoir. (laughs) She she does some soul searching, but not a lot of soul searching. And then she's brought in all these really great guest readers. So, you know, Carol Burnett shows up and Kathleen Turner has a recurring gig and her parents read a chapter and say, Seth Meyers reads some. So it's a really well-produced audio book. So I think it actually just jumps off the page. It's probably better than the written book because it's so fun to hear her talk. And so far, my favorite line from her book is, we were a generation obsessed by scoliosis. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember how many scoliosis tests we used to have? At school? Do you think they still do that? I don't know, but that just says it all. There was like one 10-year period where all teenage girls talked about was scoliosis. So I want to recommend, yes, please, it's great. And again, for the free trial, you have to use our special URL. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible, for supporting Satellite Sisters. Well, Leon, I've also been listening to that Amy Poehler book. Oh, you have? Oh, fun. Yes, it is hilarious. I downloaded two books this week. I'm in sort of a funny ladies uh, jag, on a funny ladies jag. So I downloaded Amy Poehler and Lena Dunham's new book. And so I was listening to Amy Poehler as I walked Ferris yesterday. And you're right. It's hilarious. I, I actually believe it's better as an audio book than it would be on the page yeah. because she is so good at delivering her own material. Yes. Anyway, so I was sort of doing a little Amy Poehler prep um, yesterday because you know i'm kind of a radio nerd anyway i think we all are and last night in los angeles there was a live performance of the show marketplace you know the business show yeah you uh-huh. get- do you got, I know it's, that doesn't sound so exciting. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Let's do Even the numbers. Stock quotes, <laughs> yeah. Do the numbers. Do the numbers. Yeah. But you see Kai Rizda live saying, let's do the numbers, but they didn't do any numbers. That w- that's why I bought tickets to this. It was, uh, he did two sets of interviews and the first one was Amy Poehler live on stage with Norman Lear. Oh, and great. 
So that was very interesting. They both have new books out. Amy's is Yes, Please. Norman Lear's is entitled Even This I Get to Experience. And he's 92 years old, created some of the best television ever in the history of television. And what I didn't know until they were on stage together is that they are huge fans of each other and know each other pretty well. So it was interesting to hear, you know, Amy Poehler, who's, you know, obviously creating her own show now, having a lot of success in show business, sort of getting her voice out there heard and the kind of exchanges she's had over the years with Norman Lear about how to do that. Mm. And Amy said she felt like um, All in the Family was the best television show ever written. And because each of the four characters on that show, she felt, were completely fully formed characters. They each had their own very specific voice. And so the comedy came from all of these different directions, as opposed to most sitcoms. She said, you watch now or even back in the day, and they all sound like 30-year-old guys in a writer's room. You know, like all, (laughs) all of the characters kind of sound the same. And what she learned from All in the Family is that all of the characters really, really need to be different. And it's interesting. I'm a fan of Parks and Rec. So when you watch Parks and Rec, you can really see that at work, how different all those characters are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it was the thing about I love about Amy Poehler is she is just so lovable. Yeah. You know, in the book and on stage and every, you know, when you see her do the Golden Globes, she just seems like such a nice person who is really having fun. And, you know, I mean, a lot of comedians don't actually look like they're having fun. You know, they're sort of angry and dark and tortured. Tortured. Yeah. She doesn't seem tortured. Maybe she is uh, in her closet, but she not not on stage. I don't think, you know, it's funny in the audio book. She mentions, um, you know, some of the women like Gilda Radner from SNL, like having this experience. She went on a tour of the NBC studios when she was 10 and she looked in the window and there was Gilda Radner like performing. And she said one of the things she always admired about her was that you could just tell people loved her like her fellow castmates loved her she he, mm-hmm. she said when you look at bill murray look at gilda radner you can see he loves her like uh, you know backstage and so i think that's something she actually aspires to like really being a good team player being a nice person yeah yeah it's obviously really important to her so it was fun to listen to the two of them talk to each other and uh and then they left and the next two guests Kyra's doll brought out uh was franklin leonard who founded a thing here in hollywood called the blacklist which is like a website for the hottest scripts going around town and then the other person on stage i had never heard of but she was awesome gwyn shotwell is the president and chief operating officer of spacex oh so did you even know that a woman ran that company? Uh, I did not because I saw one of the uh, – I saw. I thought I saw the CEO last year and it was a man. So well, maybe there she's – yeah, maybe he has a different title. I did not know well, that. I did not well, know that. Well, Elon Musk is the CEO. No, right? I know so, that. But there was some other guy I saw at some tech conference. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so she is awesome. She was a lot of fun to listen to. And I thought you guys would appreciate it because at one point she was asked like, okay, their goal, SpaceX's goal is to take people to Mars. Right. It's not just to get them into suborbital space. It's actually to like bring people to Mars, let them test it out for a while and come back. And so Kai Rizdal asked her, like, is she ready to sign up for the trip to Mars? And her answer was, I don't even like camping. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and she said, the thing about going to Mars is besides the fact that basically it's going to take eight months to get there on a bus. So if you can imagine you're on a bus with a hundred people and there's no stops, no restroom breaks, no nothing, no like pulling over at Seven Eleven. You're just with the same people for eight months. And then when you get there, you're camping. And uh, she said, I I would be ready to go there once they've built the first, you know, Holiday Inn Express. Once they have that, I, I'm willing to go to Mars. But until then, I'm just, it's my job to send people to Mars and to make sure that people actually get there. Anyway, she was really fun and interesting to listen to, uh, as was Franklin Leonard, Amy Poehler, and Norman Lear. So kind of a fun, nerdy night out on the town, Saturday night, woohoo, in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Marketplace live. Were they selling T-shirts, please? Oh, oh yeah, Joel. Oh yeah. You know, I didn't buy any of that, but uh, good for them. You know, that show is based here in Southern California, so um, so they got they filled Royce Hall at UCLA, which is all right. As long as I'm talking about public radio shows that uh, that we love. Julie and Leah, and I know on the Tuesday show, you talked about um, the death of half of Car Talk. Tom Aliazzi died of complications due to Alzheimer's. And we know how sad that is, having lost our father that way. But it was, uh, I was really surprised, Leanne, to hear you say that we had interviewed them for our public radio show. I had totally forgotten about that. Monica, do you remember that? I do, and I think, Leon, you talked to him. It was during one of the pledge drive weeks. Okay, that makes sense. I couldn't remember why. we. I mean, I it made sense <laughs> yeah, that we talked was, to them, but I didn't remember that detail. We talked to a, a lot of people, so I feel bad that we don't remember exact things, but oh well. <laughs> I, I remember because it was really fun, and there's a lot of laughing. You asked them about cars and mainly what it was like to work with your brother, and it was uh it was during a public radio pledge drive and either you interviewed them or you and Liz, I don't remember, but it was funny. There was a lot of laughing. It was good. Well, I am the keeper of the Satellite Sisters archives. So when I heard that on the Tuesday show, I went down into my storage unit and looked at where I have the cases and cases of Satellite Sister shows on, you know, uh, discs, which isn't really necessary now that it's all in the cloud, but as I've established, I do not trust the cloud. So I still have all the hard copies. And so I started looking for these shows. And during our public radio show era, all of those shows are on digital audio tape. Remember that, Leah? Yeah, dats. Yeah, those dats. little black dats. Yep. So I have piles and piles, boxes and boxes of little black dats. And I'm sad to report, obviously, if I'm here explaining it, it's because I did not find that <laughs> any record of that interview. But it's coming back to me now. I do believe we did it. And that was really a lot of fun. Um but the this weekend's car talk, if you haven't listened to it, is a very sweet remembrance by Ray of Tom with some of the highlights of mainly Tom's laughter over the years. So if you haven't listened to that, um, check that out. You can listen to it on Stitcher. If you listen to our show on Stitcher, it's very easy to get car talk on Stitcher, too. So um, so check that out. It's um, it Oh, I will. Really I'll do that. I don't regularly listen to that show. But oh, good. All right. I'll do that. That'll be nice. Um, hey, just a quick update. Remember a couple weeks ago, I told you I had the worst girls night out ever with my friend Caroline, that we went to that terrible, expensive bar with the blue lights. And then we went to see that dreary, dreadful Samuel Beckett play called Happy Days yes. Right? Yes. About, yes. A wo- about a woman par- buried in a pile of garbage. Uh, 
That's so really, that's such a nice image. I did, we didn't know. The play was called Happy Days, okay? You wouldn't think that that's what it was about. Well, we totally rebounded last night. We had another theater date, and this time we went to my son's high school. It's an all-boys high school, but they have a great theater to program. program. He doesn't partake in it, by the way. <laughs> my son was not in the show, but we went to see a high school production of Godspell. Girls. Oh, oh, that's classic. Oh, I bet I could sing every song. Every, Liz, you could sing every word of every song when you hear that score. Julie, didn't you do Godspell in high school? Yes, I believe I did, Leanne. And I know I saw it when it first came out. Um, you know, this is when we went to the Convent of the Sacred Hearts. And I can remember getting in the school station wagon with Sister Sheehan and having her drive into New York so we could go see the play Godspell. You know, I thought we took our life in our hands with Sister Sheehan on the West Side Highway, but we made it. And uh, it was great. Well, there were nuns in the audience last night. That makes you feel better because yes. one of the stars of the show is from the Sacred Heart here in Pasadena. So they were they were fully represented. There were five nuns in the back of the theater and they enjoyed the show. But it was just a fantastic, delightful production. And Caroline and I were like a thousand times better than Samuel Beckett. High school, <laughs> <laughs> high school production of Godspell. Much better than Samuel Beckett. <laughs> well, a lot more upbeat. Just going, going in, you're starting at a higher level. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get that cast album again. I just can't wait. I just, just, oh gosh, yeah. I'm Boy. hearing day by day in my head. Day right by now. day, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Okay. Uh, turn back, not, old man. Yeah. Just can't break into song, sisters. Let's <laughs> no. stick with. Okay, okay. Well, on that positive note, another wonderful positive uh, movie. That, you know, a number of our satellite sisters have already commented they were out early to see it, and that is St. Vincent. This is, you know, Bill Murray's new movie that has come out. Um, I just can't, I, I don't want to like scream and yell and tell you how wonderful it is because I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And everyone in the movie is wonderful. Melissa McCarthy, who don't we love her? Yeah, love she's her. Great, great in it. Naomi Watts, okay, you can't even believe, or Watt, maybe not Watts, Watt. Naomi Watt, she's wonderful in the movie. And Chris O'Dowd, remember the boyfriend from The Bridesmaid? Yeah. Yes, love him. Oh, so he's in this movie, too, playing an Irish priest, okay? And the young boy is just, he is absolutely fantastic. So I know you'll love the movie. Um, just, just you'll, you'll, you know, and don't worry. Like, when I, when I sat down to watch the movie, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be as good as Rushmore. It's going to break my heart, or it's not going to be as good as Lost in Translation. Yeah. I'm going to be so sad. And it is. Okay? So okay. that's all. Okay. Good. Okay. I know I know. Kathy recommended it on our Facebook page. Yes. And yes. I was looking for a movie for today. So I was debating between St. Vincent and Birdman. But oh, I, which I, actually, I, feel like- I keep getting confused. Those two uh, movies, because they were on a press tour at the same time. So I couldn't remember which actors were in Birdman. Like Zach Galifianakis, is he in Birdman or St. Vincent? Yeah, okay. yeah, no, I think St. Vincent, it's solidly positive and uplifting. So, And everybody is good in that movie. Okay? All right. Uh, nice. Excellent. Thanks. Oh, and Julie, I saw an entertainment story. That is the best story of the year, particularly for my family and your family. And that <laughs> is this. Matt Damon is coming back as Jason Bourne. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. 
He has agreed to come back. Remember, we had Jason Bourne, fake Jason Bourne with Jeremy Renner. You know, they tried to reboot the franchise. No one was having it. All right. So (laughs) Matt is back 2016 in a Paul Greengrass directed Jason Bourne movie. So, so exciting. You know what? I am not even going to tell my husband that. I am going to put that in like a little note card and stick it in his Christmas stocking. Because I can't think of anything that would delight him more. I know. And I've been sort of stumped on what I'm going to give him for Christmas. It's Jason Bourne. That's it. That's what I'm going to give him. Okay. Mom's the word. Now, I know, of course, he listens to the podcast, but I'll, I'll somehow figure out how he, he'll get delayed. He's behind a couple of weeks. So. My kids ask every week, is Matt Damon ever going to do another Jason Bourne movie? And I have to say, I don't know. I don't know if he's coming back. So I, I can't wait to tell them this. I'm very excited. <laughs> Wonderful news. All right. Well, in other breaking news, uh, maybe we should cover the election. Oh, yes. yeah. Or, or when was should... that? <laughs> I know. It already seems so long ago. But there is one headline that I don't think has been beaten to death on the cable news channels. And it's important to us here at the Satellite Sisterhood. Last weekend, you know, our Satellite Sister Next Gen, our niece Megan Dolan, Megan Dolan Saparita, was on the show. And she told us about her friend Elise Stefanik, who was running for Congress in the 21st Congressional District in the state of New York. And she said if she wins, she will be the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. And guess what? In case you haven't seen the headlines, she actually won. That's fantastic. So Megan's 30-year-old college friend, Elise, will now be the youngest woman ever in Congress. You know who previously held this record? This made me sound kind of old. Do you remember when Elizabeth Holtzman from New York got elected? Yes. Oh, yeah. She was a DA or something? Yes, she was. Yes. And so that was 1973, Julie. So remember that? The year you went to see Godspell. (laughs) Yes. Pretty much. (laughs) Sit in the back seat of the station wagon with Sister Sheehan. Yes, indeed. Anyway, good for Elise. That's great. I didn't realize her background was that she had worked on a presidential campaign and then had worked sort of behind the scenes in politics, but never really felt like she was going to run for office until this year. She just got fired up and decided to go for it. And now she is not only is she going to Congress, but she won by a 21 percent margin. So. Good what? for her. I mean, now Megan did say she has been worse. She moved back to the district and she's, she, you know, helps to run a family business, but um, she's been working on this for two hard years, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, I'll run for Congress. I mean, she really committed to it and she's worked really hard and, you know, that's great. That is great. So it's just exciting. I think in general, one of the really positive headlines of the election is that across the board, there were even more women elected. I think I heard John King or somebody say that for the first time, there will be a hundred women in uh, the House of Representatives. Yes, I saw that too. Which is not exactly 50-50, but getting closer uh, every round. So that's pretty exciting. That is good. Hey, also exciting news this morning. It's, it is a huge relief that two Americans have been released from North Korea. Did you see the this headline that Kenneth Bay and Matthew Todd Miller, um, Kenneth Bay, who's been in prison for two years in North Korea, and uh, Matthew Miller, a shorter time, uh, they were released. Um, you know, it was a behind-the-scenes secret deal that was going on. Uh, we sent over our chief intelligence officer, Clapper, to to bring them back. Uh, the Swedes were involved because we don't have a U.S. embassy in northern uh, North Korea. 
and they were released. And I think that is just great news for those two. I mean, that is now Kenneth Bay was, you know, he was over there and he was charged with um, they thought they thought he was trying to create a religious coup d'etat. He had been with a tour group in this enterprise zone that is uh, right along the border between South Korea and North Korea. I actually saw it when I went to visit North Korea, the enterprise zone, only from a distance. They didn't let us. We weren't allowed to get out of the bus. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I did see that. And but he was, uh, you know, he is a missionary and they felt that he was doing some prof- um, that he was doing some missionary work in this area. Matthew Todd Miller, it's a little it's a little um, cloudy. Yeah, his story was sketchier. Right. Yes, it was. Well, he was uh, he got he went in as part with the tour group as uh, that's the only way to go into North Korea is through an organized and registered tour group. But when he got there, he ripped up his visa and he started to make a giant commotion in the Pyongyang airport. Which I did not do. When I, <laughs> which is why you came home with no incidents. <laughs> but they, but the, I read several reports this morning that the reason why he did that is that he wanted to be put in a North Korean prison so that he could write about it because right. he's an aspiring journalist. I don't know about that. You know, I mean, that I just I think we need to hear from him because some of that information came out when he was put on trial in North Korea. So was whether he was under duress, I you know, which I'm sure he was because he was detained. I was under duress in North Korea. even when I left. So but people, you know, people, you know, there's a lot of speculation about why the North Koreans all of a sudden would release these two Americans. They had released an, uh, an American just a, a couple of weeks back, Jeffrey Full. So why were all these three Americans that were stuck in North Korea for a while and we've really been trying to get them out? Why all of a sudden are they out? So so what's your theory? I'm guessing you you have a theory. My theory is China, sisters. That's the answer. Because as you know, that North Korea really exists because of China. It provides China with a good little buffer zone between itself and South Korea. Um, it, you know, they, I think, have come to some agreement that they enjoy the not antics, but whatever. They like North Korea being able to, you know, develop their own nuclear weapons to cause trouble and mishaps. And as you know, President, um, our President Obama is going to be visiting China this week. And I think China said to North Korea, let those Americans go, because when we get in, you know, when the president of China gets in the meeting with the president of the United States, he doesn't want to listen to anything about climate control or human rights violations in China or, you know, Internet snooping or any of that. He can say, hey, I released those Americans, you know, don't talk to me. That's what I really think is going on. Uh, you'll see a lot of reports. A lot of the analysis is that uh, North Korea was upset about some big report on their human rights violations that's coming out with the UN. I don't right. think so. I, I just don't think they care about that because that place is a human rights violation. I don't think they care about that. So, so yeah, I think it's much more likely that it's China. And I think it's because China doesn't want to, you know, cooperate in any way on some of these other bigger issues. So they've thrown, you know, they've given mm-hmm. up these Americans um, as part of it. That's my analysis. Ju- Julie Dolan, citizen diplomat. <laughs> I like that you just. Well, I've actually been to North Korea. I know. 
I like that you practice speculative diplomacy. My speculations are as are more well-grounded than many. Okay? <laughs> Julie, are you watching the show Madam Secretary on CBS at no, all? No, should I? No, should well, I you, you might enjoy it. It's, it makes me sad every time I watch it because it's just not the West Wing. You know? so right. I watch That's it. what I, I watched, watched one. I was like, not the West Wing. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, it is slightly ludicrous, <laughs> I'd say, like Taylor's approach to international diplomacy. But I, it's very similar to yours. You know, it's sort of, uh, here's what I think about this, and I'm going to do, do this in this, you know, African country that nobody cares about. I'm going to go save those people because, you know what, we should save those people. And uh, anyway, it's, it's a very, it's, it's an interesting enough show to watch, but it does not have the feeling of um, that West Wing intensity, you know. But anyway, so just thought I would throw that out. You might enjoy it. Okay. All right. Hey, right. do you guys, I, I'm going to sneak in a story here. Do you remember, it's the 25th anniversary of the, of the uh, fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. And yeah. Liz, Monica, and I were all living together in Portland at the time. And do you remember how hot we thought Tom Brokaw looked on top of that wall? <laughs> <laughs> we, we really come a long way. How about we? <laughs> Well, maybe not. Not if we're still talking about it 25 years later. He looks great in that leather jacket. That is funny. Can you believe that was 25 years ago? My God. Talk about Godspell making you feel old. Okay. All right, Monica. Okay. All right. I have uh, a little installment of whose bright idea was that? And if you remember, that's the phrase that Liam quoted a woman at her community meeting just kept standing up, sort of wanting to rant. And she kept saying, whose bright idea was that? So something happened in my world this week. <laughs> so I shop at my local Albertsons. I do it because it's the closest grocery store to my house. I can get in and out in 20 minutes. I just buzz around the store. You know, I buy the same items every week. Uh, the same, <laughs> right. the same. You know, the same checkers have been there for 15 years. There's a checker who says to me, "Thank you for coming into my lane today and allowing me to check out your groceries." Wow. So I mean, who, who wouldn't want to go to a place like that? Um, so a couple years ago, they did a little remodel and they put in one of those mini Starbucks. Which, you know, good for them. They were just, there were some hardwood floors, but they didn't do anything fancy. It's pretty old fashioned grocery store, but I really love it there. So a couple of weeks ago, I noticed they were moving things around, like the service desk where you would buy lottery tickets and stuff. They just moved that out of the way. And there were all these posters up that said, pardon our dust. And I um, was wondering what was going on. I didn't ask, but I found out last week. Liam, I hope you can share my outrage. I am checking out my groceries with my regular girl. And I look at her and I said, wow, that's what all this fuss was about. But what I was really thinking was, Whose bright idea was that? <laughs> I look, they have taken the entire like front half of my grocery store and they have installed a growler station. 
Holy cow. <laughs> Leon, thank you. I was gobsmacked. I my mouth dropped open. Let me explain. So a growler station, growler station. A, it's I a, don't know what it is. What is it? Okay, well, it's where they they have now craft beers, you know, Portland and is famous for their uh craft beers, uh, their local beers. Craft beers on tap. And so a growler, it's like a big gallon jug, glass jug. And you can go to these growler stations or a bar and you can get your growler filled. So you have like excellent draft beers to take home. So it's not just the growler station. (laughs) It's, It's so much more than that. They have a small concession stand where they are selling uh, T-shirts, growlers, pint glasses, <laughs> and they also put up two small tables and chairs. Oh, so no. my, gro- my, oh, my grocery store has now turned into a brew pub. So it's, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. And this is under the bright lights, right by the <laughs> checkout counter. It's like, who would want to go have a beer? At Albertsons. <laughs> Especially because, like, across the street, they're like six taverns, right? You're yes. kind of in Tavern Row there. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. There's neon. There's, like, ten people that work at the Growler station. I just, I, I, I can't get over, I can't get over that my grocery store is now a bar. It's now Albertsons Bar and Groceries. I, I I was speechless. I was speechless, and all I could think of was like, I really want to talk to the manager and ask him whose bright idea was that. I mean, it, it does seem like the people least likely to um, right. want to like hang out in a pub style atmosphere are the people who are shopping at the like fluorescently lit. <laughs> oldest grocery store in town i know you know, it is just, an old grocery store that and it's, just, it's always very dark in your grocery yeah. store monica so yeah. and, maybe the lighting won't be so harsh for uh, those who are in, you know involved in the growler emporium going on there i mean what's next like a, a disco ball and like a dance floor and plus the albertsons is very low-key it's not in a hip neighborhood it's not one of these high-end grocery stores where they sell fancy items where I would think a growler station might be a better fit there. (laughs) Now you can just go in and have coffee and growlers. Uh, It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's not small. We're, we're talking, they have like 15 taps. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I can't. I'm, Leon, I'm going to take a picture of it. Please. Yes. I, that's what people want to see. People. Yeah, we want to see the people at the Growler station. I, I'm not, I mean, I don't need a beer after I do my grocery <laughs> shopping. And I'm not Patrick. Or if you do need a beer, you don't need it sitting there in the grocery store. I think we well, lost Monica. Who knows? I think we just, who did we lose? Monica. Monica. You lost me briefly, but I'm back. You're back. Okay. All right. We thought you went for a beer. I'm going to go. 
Well, first of all, this is just like your husband's going to want to go to the grocery store now. Like, oh, okay, honey, I'll go pick up the milk and a beer. Uh, I'll go get the diapers and a beer. <laughs> You're going to see like young fathers. That's the only people that are going to be sitting there. I can't, don't make me go home to that new baby. I'm just going to stay here at the growler station and then bring honey, home. Honey, can I pick up anything for you on the way home from right. work? Yeah. It's so funny, Monica, because the last time I was in Bend, Oregon, I remember saying to our brother Dick, like, what is a growler? I see all these signs up all over. California, has it? No. No, there's yeah. no, there's no growling going on. There's, there's no... I you start, I'm starting to see a couple, but it's not, uh, there are a couple of brew pubs on our, on the east side of town, Liz, on the west side, I think the real estate's too expensive, but the east side of town, yeah, but it, I don't even know if it's legal the way it is in Portland to just like go and fill up your own beer. I don't know, but I've seen a few growlers. See, okay. that's what Oregon's always confuses me because you can't fill up your own gas tank. You're right. not allowed to do that. <laughs> but if you've got a beer jug, go ahead and fill that up. I, I, I'm not opposed to growler stations or brew pubs having that you can go in there and get takeout beer to take home. I just, it, it's so wrong that it's in my grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You do live in a state that approved uh, marijuana this week, yes, Monica. We... So maybe that's the next thing coming to your Albertsons. <laughs> I want to see that next to the, uh, next to the growler station, the, your marijuana depot. I'll, I'm going to report back. I, I, I say give it five years and that will be happening. All right. Well, speaking of things that are totally out of control and probably a bad idea from a marketing point of view, I know, um, Leon and Julie, you've already discussed the phenomenon of the faux fur vest yes. uh, on the fashion scene. I think... Leon, was it part of a magazine review you did on Satellite Sisters? Yeah, like, last time? yes, yeah. It was, well, dressed like Downton Abbey. So that yeah. was, uh, O Magazine was touting the fur collars you've seen everywhere, like the yeah. infinity scarves, and then the fur vests, which I'm very, very um, in, interested in. I'm interested in purchasing <laughs> one. Okay. Well, this week I received my holiday 2014 catalog from Restoration Hardware. Mm -hmm. And this is a bandwagon. That they're not only jumping on, I feel like they might be jumping on it with so much weight that it could destroy the whole bandwagon. So <laughs> here's, so like, uh, let's see, this is page 59 in the catalog. You get to a section called Simply Extraordinary Faux Fur. So it starts with things you kind of expect. I'm looking at the pages now. You have your Lux Faux Fur Throw, right? Which is thrown beautifully over one of their beautiful chairs. Then you turn the page and you get your Lux Faux Fur Pillow. And also very nice. And it's in colors that they call mink and wolf and coyote and lynx or arctic fox. Anyway, we're still in the zone of not entirely ridiculous. Then you keep going and you get your oversized... Um, bed throw, which does look super cozy to me. And I have a feeling I'm going to break down and get one of those. And then, but then, then, and then you have your Lux Faux Fur slippers, which of course those would be great. But not at a hardware store. Like I would, they used to sell hardware, restoration hardware. So when I got that catalog, I was like, what is happening? Well, wait. And then on the next page after the slippers, you get to the Lux 
faux fur hot water bottle cozy. Yeah, what is that? So who's got a hot water bottle anyway? <laughs> and this is a faux fur hot water bottle, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't get that. So now I'm starting to think, okay, they've lost control. Then I turn the page and what do we get to? Uh, then we get to the faux fur Russian hats, the Ushanka hats, which Julie, I know you're very familiar with. Going on, the infinity scarf that you've already mentioned, Leanne. However, then here we are. The Lux Fofer Wine Bag. So for all of your holiday events where you're bringing someone a bottle of wine, uh, you can now bring them a bottle of wine in a wolf liner, if that's appealing to you. No. Then- no. <laughs> we need some Fofer growler covers. <laughs> yes, Monica. Would you get- in the Would Northwest. You- yes. I'm going to suggest that at the new concession <laughs> And maybe the the people with the growler covers would enjoy what's on the next page, which is the faux fur beanbag chairs, which uh, I'm sorry, like, no, those sound great, Liz. (laughs) Julie, nobody over the age of 35 can get out of a beanbag chair. (laughs) No, no, I don't know. It's not an adult, but, you know, to put it like a little kid in or a baby, that would be super nice. Okay, well, instead of that, then you probably want the Lux faux fur pet bed uh, because they've got those for 99 bucks. Oh, marked down to 99 from 129. So I can see like a baby or a puppy or something laying on that. Then we get to the Lux faux fur pet throw, which, so what is the difference between a pet throw and just a blanket you throw on the floor? I don't know. I'm not sure I understand what that is, but this one caught my eye because the pet laying on it uh, on this page, on page uh, 80 of the new catalog, is like the spitting image of Ferris. Uh, have you seen this? I posted it on yes. my Facebook page. If, if you should go to the, the Facebook group, Satellite Sisters uh, Facebook group, because that dog looks exactly like your dog, Liz. Exactly. In fact, when, when I posted that, Julie, I got a couple of funny comments about that. Um, you know, it's like, how is Ferris sneaking out and doing these photo shoots for Restoration <laughs> Hardware <laughs> out of town? Well, I'm out of town. And Wendy posted... Maybe he had a photo shoot in your home while you were away, and it sounded strangely like laundry being done, <laughs> which, <laughs> which would have uh, solved another mystery we've talked about on the show. And then Bonnie said, I said, should I buy Ferris one of these for Christmas? And Bonnie said, only if you can pick up the matching vest for your Christmas card photo. <laughs> so I think Bonnie wants to see Ferris and I in matching faux fur vests, which I laughed until I went back to the catalog. And so on the very next page, yes, they have the fur pet vests. So we they could. Do not. Oh. Yes, they do, Julie. Well, I so saw that. I was like, fur. why does a thing covered in fur need a faux fur vest? <laughs> That's what I thought. And I was, I was like, isn't that redundant and kind of insulting? <laughs> but you're, no you're... for placemats, Liz, yeah. and we talked about that. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah, there you go. All my money's going to those. Yeah, It's only a matter of time. Well, I, here's what I suggest. To get your placemat solution, just buy one of these throws and cut it into little rectangles. And presto, <laughs> you've got... <laughs> Unless this, you could take the faux fur throw and uh, tack it up on your roof, you know, which is coming down. So there, that that might shield you from the elements during the winter months. Anyway, it's just a, just a faux fur free-for-all out there. And I would say, like, I got sucked in for, like, the first 10 pages of faux fur items. And then it just got ludicrous. Then I was just, like, <laughs> laughing. Yes. It's nuts. The whole catalog. It's like a 3,000-page catalog. Most of it filled with faux fur. <laughs> Anyway, check it out. That might also go in the category of uh, whose bright idea was this anyway. Um, 
And then one last thing I wanted to mention, which I know you also brought up the other day, is tonight it is it is Sunday, uh, the 9th of November, as we record this. Tonight is the comeback of the comeback on HBO. And this was a really, really funny Lisa Kudrow television show the first time around, but it didn't really make it past season one. But if you have a chance to check it out, people, set your DVR. If you have HBO, I think that the Satellite Sisterhood in general would enjoy this show. Wouldn't you say, sisters, if you've seen it? It's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Lisa Kudrow. She's great, you know, and it's very funny. And yeah, it will. Yeah, it's great. Great. Yes. And the other day you told the story of how it was right after the comeback got canceled that Lisa Kudrow and her production company reached out to us to develop Satellite Sisters <laughs> yes. into a TV show. So we have, we've had a lot of fun meetings with Lisa Kudrow uh, and Dan Bukatinsky, who, if you watch the comeback of the comeback tonight, Dan p- plays her publicist. Oh, OK. So, mm-hmm, so if you can imagine, you know, the Satellite Sisters, all five of us, you know, jammed onto a couch in a. In a Hollywood meeting room. I believe we were on the Warner Brothers lot, were we not? Yes, yes we were. And uh, <laughs> meeting with, with Dan and Lisa to talk about uh, Satellite Sisters as a TV show. Well, apparently bringing back the comeback was a better idea than that. So here they are. <laughs> there, there. Anyway, I noticed, Leanne, that your publisher is very involved in this show. It, does her husband work on the show? Her husband is a longtime television editor and director. Uh, but um, he was the original editor of the comeback series and so when they brought it back they brought back the whole original team so he edits uh he edited uh this new season and he said he thinks it's even better so he had some pictures of himself or at the premiere this week and stuff he's very happy to be part of that team but he's done a lot of television that you've really enjoyed over the years so that's his bread and butter is editing tv shows so that's my publisher's husband yeah yeah. Well, I saw yeah. that on her Facebook page. Yeah. And that was exciting that she was so excited. Anyway, so the comeback comes back tonight, but it'll, of course, I think it's like 10 episodes or something. I can't remember. Right. How many episodes yeah, it's are. a short run, but that's good. Great. Yeah. So uh, that's it from my end. All right. What, yeah. What's everyone doing this week? Anything? Any, got anything going on? Nope. Mm, let's see. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I got to say, a little report in on Operation Sea Turtle. Oh, okay. yeah. How's it going? Very successful. Oh, good. Like, in my own little way, very successful. I've been swimming laps like four days a week after work or yesterday, you know, during the day. That's been good. Um, you know, I had a couple of like work dinners out this week, but managed to like stay the course with the high protein, low carb, no alcohol plan. It's all working for me. Good. So, That's you know, good. The Operation Sea Turtle continues. So it's actually, I realized how, you know, I had originally said I was worried that I would get bored swimming laps, but you don't. Really, because it's so meditative. Yes. That if you can get yourself, I'm a very slow, rhythmic swimmer, and there's something kind of soothing and meditative about that. So, so far, so good on Operation Sea Turtle. Book club for this week. Uh, I have like been researching books and planning what I'm going to be serving for about a month. <laughs> and as of today, not a single person can come to the book club. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's sad. I'm sad. It's just me <laughs> alone with the books. Okay. Some gingerbread. <laughs> that's what I was going to serve. Okay. I love gingerbread. All right. And Monica, you got to go get a beer for your birthday. There's no, got to go to the growler station, take a selfie, post it on Facebook for your birthday. 
That would be excellent. Yeah, do have a happy birthday, Monica. We will all be thinking of you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget that special URL for Audible is audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. Thanks, day by day.